God promises in Joel 2.28 to pour out His Spirit on all humanity. Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for that promised outpouring, and we equip for that outpouring so that we may engage in this very outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. Do you feel like something's missing? Do you feel like mm, just kind of a failure or... Maybe your mind is wandering and you can't seem to control it, or were you feeling defeated or traumatized or broken? Whether you know it or not, you're complete in Jesus. Let's dive deep into this. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are delighted that you are a part of our day and that you've made us a part of your day. But before we get started on this podcast, let me just encourage you to go to our website, globaloutpouring.net. And if you haven't already done so, if you would like to subscribe to our email list so that you can get to know us a little bit better by reading the things that we write and by uh, connecting with us and some of the other things that we do in our Friday night live worship that we have every week and the events that we do. So go to our website and have a look around and tune in on the other things that we do besides this podcast. And if you'd like to respond to us, we would love to hear from you. You can send an email to feedback at globaloutpouring.org. Let us know what the Lord is doing in your life and how he's using this podcast. And if there's anything that you'd like for us to talk about, We'd love to hear from you about that so that we can pray into it and bring what the Holy Spirit gives us. So today we're talking about, you maybe have something missing. Sometimes if you just feel like a failure, or maybe you're just broken by trauma. Have you ever experienced trauma, Philip? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just feel beaten up or, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. things have happened in our lives or the tempter makes something look really, really good. And as soon as we do the thing that he's suggesting that we do, then he slimes us with shame. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. At least you know there's hope. You think of the days before you got saved. Mm -hmm. I was 26 before I came back to the Lord. And that's a while back. Yeah. And it's just like you had no hope in yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, because I was just doing one, one job to another this and that. And it's just like your purpose in life was just, you know, was doing the worldly thing because that's what drove you. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. but when you find Jesus as Lord and Savior, you have your purpose. It's he true. gives you purpose, but then the devil fights you even harder oh, yeah. to keep you from fulfilling what God has for you to do. Yeah. And sometimes you'll go through some years before you get on the path to complete what God has for you to do. But right now, today, is the time to get on the path. Yes. If you haven't yeah. already gotten on it. And it's time to make some leaps forward because what we have to share today, I, for me, it's, it's helped to set me free. So when I was a child, now Philip and I both grew up in the church. I grew up, um, my mother was Baptist, my dad was, was Dutch Reformed, and for a while we attended an evangelical free church. So it was real Bible-based and Bible doctrine-based. And I remember learning the scripture, Romans 3.23, 
Uh, I heard it preached from the pulpit as I was a child, for all have sinned and come <laughs> short of the glory of God. Yes. <laughs> and and I, I just felt like, and, and then, we, then we learned it as part of the Romans Road way of helping people get saved, because you point out to them that everybody has sinned and they've all fallen short of the glory of God. But nobody ever read it to us in context. Yeah. So I want to read it to us in context because, well, first of all, it'll set you free. If the devil has been shouting in your ear, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and here I am falling short again, here I am falling short again, here's that, here's that New Year's resolution that I couldn't keep, and you know I know I'm supposed to do this and I'm not doing it, but here's what Romans 3 21 through 24 says, not just verse 23, and I'm going to read from the Amplified Classic. But now the righteousness of God has been revealed independently and altogether apart from the law, although actually it is attested by the law and the prophets, namely the righteousness of God, which comes by believing with personal trust and confident reliance on Jesus Christ the Messiah. And it is meant for all who believe. For there is no distinction, since all have sinned and are falling short of the honor and glory which God bestows and receives. All are justified and made upright and in right standing with God freely and gratuitously by his grace, his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus." Don't let the devil hold that thing over you that you're just falling short mm. because Jesus provided for us to be complete in him. That reminds me of the movie, The Princess Diaries. It was that she was a high school student and in the movie, she got up to speak before the class and then she ran out and threw up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like she lived her life every day that if she survived high school on a day by day level, you know, it was just to get through the day. Yeah. And that's, unfortunately, that's the way a lot of believers are. Right. And don't realize we have this victory through Jesus. It's true. It's true. Colossians 2, 9 and 10 uh, says, for in him, that means in Jesus, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. How does that read in the Passion Translation, Philip? For he is the complete fullness of deity living in human form, and our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. Wow. Yes. Fullness. Fullness. Fullness, the fullness of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, was present in Jesus. Now, I won't get into any kind of doctrinal discussion about the Trinity. I believe in the Trinity because there really is a father and a son. You know, people that have been to heaven have seen the fact that it's obviously two and that, that the Holy Spirit is all over everywhere. So the fullness of the Godhead was dwelling in the one. He was complete. And when he's inside of us, anything and everything that we need is available to us, and God sees us as complete in him. Our problem is that we don't see ourselves as complete in him. Yeah, that's true. So that's what this podcast is all about. Let's cast a vision for how complete you are in him. The word complete there 
is uh, Strong's number G4137. Uh, I'm no Greek scholar, but I'll get, make a stab at it. Pleruo or something like that. Pleruo. Yeah. And, and the outline of biblical usage from the Blue Letter Bible online says that this word for, for fullness or completeness or entireness, it means to make full, to fill up, to fill to the full, to cause to abound, to mm -hmm. furnish or supply liberally. That means abundantly, abound, or I abound, I am liberally supplied, to render full, to complete, to fill to the top, so that nothing shall be wanting to full measure, fill to the brim, to make complete in every particular, to render perfect. Now, in, in biblical understanding, the word perfect doesn't mean perfect as in flawless. It means perfect as in complete or mature. That's uh, Jesus says, be ye perfect as I am perfect. Right. So this is the... It, it's not about being, never making a mistake. Yeah. It's about knowing what to do when you make a mistake. You repent. Mm -hmm. You go and make it right. And then you go on and it's blotted out in God's books like it never happened. Hello. Yeah. Why are we dragging it around with us? Yeah, come on. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I've heard stories of those that have been to heaven and they repented before the Lord of something they didn't. says, what? I, I don't remember that. <laughs> what are you talking what about? What are you talking about? Because <laughs> it was blotted out. Right. To be remembered no more. What grace. Yes. I mean, how is it that, you know, if something, somebody does something to you or, or you do something to them and you never forgot about it, even though it was like 40, 50 years ago. Yeah. But with Jesus, it's blotted out. It's gone. Right. Wow. Hallelujah. What grace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's unmerited favor. That's real grace. It is. Wow. But that's what he designed because whole vision is to get us back to what he originally created in Adam and Eve yes. in the garden mm -hmm. where he walked with them mm -hmm. all the time, talked with them, taught them. That's part of the, uh, the new covenant. The yeah. new covenant is about being restored to what was originally designed so that we can know him for ourselves yeah. and that he writes his laws in us, in our hearts and in our minds. When you've got something to work with inside of you mm -hmm. that lines you up with the Lord in, in love, you know, if, if we're really living the first commandment that Jesus said was the most important, where we love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, with all our strength. And the second commandment, where we love our neighbor as ourselves. Mm -hmm. If we're living by those two things, if we've got that plumb line inside of us, where we're operating out of his love, because he's inside of us, then there's nothing missing. Mm -hmm. Nothing's missing. Nothing's missing. You know, when, when Dean Braxton got to heaven, he says that Jesus looked inside of him, saw himself, and he was in. Wow. He was in heaven. Boom. Just like that, because Jesus saw himself in him. That's how we get through the gate. Wow. If God sees Jesus inside of you, if you've asked him to come in and be your Lord and Savior, you're instantly in. It's not that you're flawless, but you have him as your righteousness. You don't, <laughs> you don't, you're not righteous in your own right by your own doings. But yeah. the beautiful thing is that as you walk with him, as you grow with him, as you let him work his character in you because he lives inside of you, <laughs> that enables you to become more like him, to act like him, to sound like him, to talk like him, to walk like him, like a child imitates his parents. 
that's what this is all about. So yeah. you become righteous in his eyes by what he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then because you look at what he did, you start emulating that. You start walking with him. You start acting like him. You start talking like him. You start, you know, we're going to be doing miracles like him. He said that you're going to do things, all of the works that he did, will you do, and greater works because he goes to the Father. Yes, amen. So these are things you need to cast this vision into your world so that you're not seeing yourself as this failure or you're not seeing yourself as this person that's been broken and defeated and traumatized. Back to that word, plero'o, there's a law of first mention in the scripture. When you're studying scripture, you you get a good deal of understanding about the meaning of a word and how to use it in other contexts by what it was first translated as. So the first mention of this word is in Matthew one twenty two, talking about the things that Jesus did fulfilling scripture. It says, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. So mm-hmm. all, of, all of the things that were spoken by the prophets about Jesus coming as the Messiah, the word fulfilled. Jesus did all the stuff that the scripture said he would do. And what he hasn't done yet, he will do when he comes back again. And then the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew scriptures that was done a, a century or two or three before Jesus was born. The first place that that word is used is in Genesis one twenty two, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas let, and let the fowl multiply in the earth. So it's talking about the fish and all the creatures of the seas, that they would fill the waters, mm-hmm. that the waters would be filled with life. That's what this word, where Colossians 2.10 says, and you are complete in him. That word complete, complete, filled. And it's something that grows. Mm -hmm. He sees himself in you. If you're just born again right before you die, he sees himself in you and you're in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's, it's not designed that we would come to him just before we die. It's designed so that we would walk with him. He wired us to walk with him. Now, Paul talks about something in in Romans 7 and 8 that when I read this in the Passion Translation, it set me free. Would you read that for us, Philip? Romans 7, 15 through 8, 4 in the Passion Translation. I'm a mystery to myself. For I want to do what is right, but end up doing what my moral instincts condemn. Does that f- sound familiar? Does anybody relate to me? I mean, how many times do we want to do something and we don't? Go ahead. I'm sorry no. for interrupting. Go ahead. That's <laughs> all right. And if my behavior is not in line with my desire, my conscience still confirms the excellence of the law. And now I realize that it is no longer my true self doing it. Say that again. And now I realize that it is no longer my true self doing it. My true self. Carry carry on. But the unwelcome intruder of sin in my humanity. That's very well put. Mm -hmm. For I know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity. The longings to do what is right are within me, but willpower is not enough to accomplish it. My lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when I do the things I want to avoid. So if my behavior contradicts my desires to do good, I must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it, but the unwelcome intruder of sin 
hindering me from being who I really am. Yeah. Through my experience of this principle, I discovered that even when I want to do good, evil is ready to sabotage me. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Mm. Truly, deep within my true identity, I love to do what pleases God. But I discerned another power operating in my humanity, waging a war against the moral principles of my conscience and bringing me into captivity as a prisoner to the law of sin, this unwelcome intruder in my humanity. What an agonizing situation I am in. Yeah, the, the King James says, oh, wretched man yeah, that I am. I am yes. <laughs> so who has the power to rescue this miserable man from the unwelcome intruder of sin and death? I give all my thanks to God, for his mighty power has finally provided a way out through our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. So if left to myself, the flesh is aligned with the law of sin. But now my renewed mind is fixed on and submitted to God's righteous principles. Oh, that's so well put. Mm -hmm. You know, I grew up with the, you know, with the King James. Mm -hmm. You know, because that's what we all read back then. You mm -hmm. know, we didn't, you don't dare touch another translation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and but sometimes some of the things in Romans were a mystery to me because mm -hmm. it, it was just complicated to try to understand it. Mm -hmm. But these new translations, it's just cut and dried. It is so wonderful. So read on in, in chapter 8, the next paragraph. So now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the Anointed One. For the law of the Spirit of life, flowing through the anointing of Jesus, has liberated us from the law of sin and death. For God achieved what the law was unable to accomplish because the law was limited by the weakness of human nature. Yet God sent us his Son in human form to identify with human weakness. Clothed with humanity, God's Son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn the guilt and power of sin. So now every righteous requirement of the law can be fulfilled through the Anointed One living his life in us. And we are free to live not according to our flesh, but by the dynamic power of the Holy Spirit. Can you see that picture? Ooh. Can you see that picture? The real you is your spirit. Yes. The real you is the, the spirit that God breathed into that little connection between the little piece of daddy and the little piece of mommy that became you. Mm -hmm. And God breathed and he flashed that light of life into you. And the real you is that flash of light, that, mm, that, yeah. that breath of life that came into you, the real you. The mm. real you is the part of you that loves God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. It's that broken weakness of humanity mm -hmm. that causes you to fail, where we fall short. But when we've welcomed Jesus to come and live inside of us, when we've welcomed his Holy Spirit to come inside and to develop his character in us, mm. we, little by little, we're falling short less and less. Yeah. And we're falling short less and less, and we're, we're, we're letting his glory begin to shine. Get the vision of his glory shining in you because the fullness of the Godhead dwells in you because Jesus dwells in your heart by yeah. faith. You know, even in ministry, Many times you feel like you've missed it. 
or like you've been been a failure. Well, that's the accuser talking to you. Yeah, and even uh, you know, like we've been through a like an eight year transition. Oh, it's nine, darling. Nine years. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, you know, since our founder died, trying to really fine fine tune focus. Because God doesn't always reveal things right away. It's a step-by-step process. Yes, and, and he doesn't expect us to do things exactly the same way she did. Yeah, because we might just mess things up if we try to do it in our own understanding. Right. You know, so so it's like some ways we're starting over from scratch. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been on a lot of mission trips, mm-hmm. you know. And, and I remember one particular year we went, uh, it was our uh, second year, our second time to go into Tibet. And Tibet is controlled by China. And you fly into Lhasa. That's the best way to do it. And, of course, you go through Chinese communist immigration. Mm-hmm. But we were, we were loaded. Uh, we, we took uh, thousands of uh, our Who is Jesus track in the Tibetan language. And we had the Gospel of John and Mark in the Tibetan language in this simple little booklet that we printed ourselves, you know, stapled and trimmed them, and just it was just amazing. And we got to Nepal, and we're at a Bible school there. Because mm-hmm. Nepal, even years ago, was not free. It was a Hindu kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it's still a Hindu kingdom, but it's been free for Christianity. It's, and that's a whole other it, story. It's gone back happened. and forth. It, it, yeah. Sometimes it's been good and sometimes, sometimes not so not good. It's not been good. But there was a Bible school there, and we gave them pretty much all of our material of our Bibles and our tracts because they had ways, they had couriers that would take them in and could get them to the source, to the right sources where they could be distributed. Yeah, and instead of like uh, just going through immigration, you sneak one here, you sneak one there, and all that. When we um, were getting um, ready to go into Tibet, you know, fly in, after we were in it, just like I had this feeling of guilt, you know, the devil, well, why didn't you smuggle those in there? You know, like mm-hmm. everybody used to do. And you know, and that just kind of hung over me, you know, for but failure, failure, yeah, because Bang. yeah, <laughs> uh, but realizing when we got there, and they start going through all of our baggage, they would have found them, and God just, unless He supernaturally blinded their eyes, which He's done before. But I remember on our um, our founder took a trip into uh, they're going to into, was it was Russia mm-hmm. from what nation were they going in from? I think they were going in through Ukraine or Moldova. So they had, um, and this is still in the Cold War. It's still under the control of the Soviet system. Yeah, this would have been in 1976, I think. Yeah. Or 75. And so they had a retired federal judge with them, had our, and our vice president, Lieutenant Colonel James V.D. Shaw, yeah, and then they had an escapee from East Germany. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then uh, two escapees. From two East escapees Germany. from East Germany. What a team! And they got caught at the border with all this material of uh, of Russian Bibles and our Who Is Jesus tracks. Mm-hmm. Everything is impounded. Took it all away. They spent the night in in jail, and it almost turned into an international incident because of all these high profile people. Mm-hmm. You Went know, clear to the Kremlin. Yeah, I went to the Kremlin, and, and the Bible, and uh, the l- retired federal judge was a known Bible smuggler. You know, and she traveled a woman aglow in different meetings, telling of her experiences smuggling Bibles into Russia. But what she didn't know when she went in, she went through her Bible to take all information out, and she f- 
and overlooked a piece which told about her experiences yeah, smuggling like a Bibles. Newspaper clipping. A newspaper clipping. And when she said something while they're being interrogated, they said, Shut up, Judge Dodge. Like, how did they know my name? Yeah. You know, and then, then <laughs> and so the, they lost all of their materials. Mm-hmm. But they found out later that the tracks, they didn't find this till years later, because of that, everything they had went on the black market. And it was found way up in the northern parts of Russia. Yeah. You know, the, the, the Bible, the tract, who is Jesus, because mm-hmm. nobody printed those. The, we printed those ourselves. So what looked like failure got it to places it never would have gone if they had not have been captured. It's, yeah. It was uh, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. To them the, that love, the, the, love Lord. the Lord. And this was something that worked together for good. And I thought of that story after that, you know, after we were, you know, the devil's kind of hanging. Well, how come you didn't smuggle these in yourselves? And mm-hmm. maybe you get another star in your crown or we smuggle <laughs> Bibles into Tibet, you know. And, you know, and so it, it kind of gives you a, a notch in your pride, maybe, because mm. you could use that where you're preaching somewhere. We smuggled Bibles in there. But what if God had a better plan? Exactly. Which when I realized through these couriers, they had all these inlets into Tibet, into different areas where they could take large quantities of them in. Instead of like we did on our first trip, we took some in, you know, and we, we'd hide them on, um, under the Buddhas or along the, <laughs> the Buddhas, these Buddhas that are two stories tall and all hiding them everywhere for the monks to find them. And, you know, and I remember uh, as we're coming back on our first trip, and there was a Tibetan there that was reading the track in the doorway when we went by. But I also remember the Tibetan driver who's watching because we have a you know we have a Chinese guide mm-hmm. as these tracks are going sneaking out the window and yeah they and he would catch us sometimes and he's starting to go you know <laughs> we're you know <laughs> yeah. so we we knew we couldn't exactly do things that we did the second way because now we're in a car mm-hmm. we're in close proximity and you can't just fling them out the window like we did before. But, you know, God knew what needed to be happened. So sometimes in your daily walk, you might feel like a failure on a mission trip or, or you'd, some things just did not happen the way that mm-hmm. you wanted to. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you won't find out till eternity to know the success of what happened in your trip. So quit beating yourself over the head. Yes. You know, this is for, because even you've walked with the Lord for years, this is those that have done this, and something happens where it didn't go the way that you wanted to go. Yeah, it's true. And it's like you have to have assurance many times. Mm-hmm. You know, I've thought about this word before. Yeah, you know, we've heard by faith. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's by faith. Yes, it's by faith, but you have to have assurance mm-hmm. in something that will give you the faith for something that you're going to do or that you know that you know that you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes we're, we're speaking words by faith, more by hope. Yeah, it's you more know, like if we if we say this enough times, we hope that it's going to be. Yeah, I remember one of our speakers, Papa Dorn, he'd say, "It's like, well, in the Pope we hope, you know, but in God we trust." <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's funny. You know, so assurance is like you have to put assurance before faith, and I've never heard that really preached. It's just something mm-hmm. I kind of got a revelation from myself, and I have to 
you know, I have to think of that myself sometimes. When you have assurance in something, you have the faith to do it. Mm-hmm. And and you can hear the word sure, sure in the word assurance. That's good. That's really I'm good. I'm absolutely sure. And, and, you know, back to that same story you were telling about Tibet. When we came out, we were on our way to Kathmandu in a vehicle, in a bus. And it was a nice vehicle. We had been in kind of rough vehicles in Tibet. Yeah, we had three old Land Cruisers just, you know, going <laughs> through the through the Himalayas in monsoon season. Oh, it was rough. It was rough going down. We were going down rivers and everything. It was yeah. a, that was an amazing journey, you know. Yeah, it was. Scary, it, it too. It was. But one of our staff, Sandy Baldwin, had had a dream before we left. And even before, while we were planning the, the trip, and she came to our devotions that morning and she said, I had a dream. And, and in my dream, you all got to Kathmandu on July 4th. So we planned our trip so that we would be in Kathmandu on the 4th. <laughs> and we got up the morning of the 4th. We crossed over the border into Nepal and we're going down much better roads in a much better vehicle. Yeah, the nice, nice Mercedes bus or something. Yeah, I don't remember nice. just what it was, but it was nice. It was comfortable. Uh-huh. And and we're going into this village, and all of a sudden, the traffic is stopped. Stopped. Yeah. Dead. No movement. And we sat there for a while thinking, well... Let's go take may- a look. Maybe yeah. there's an accident or something, and it'll clear. Well, let's go take a look. We got there. Philip, you described and it. And I looked, and this truck, instead of being more off on the side of the road, he was kind of hogging the more in the middle. And, nothing of uh, any size could get by him. Yeah, a small any, vehicle could get by him, but nothing of any size. Nothing could. of any size, and he's just dead in the water. And, and I look, and they're under the rear axle, and they have the cover pulled off, and they have the what they call the pumpkin. That's we call it the pumpkin underneath your car there, your rear axle. They had the cover off and had all the gears pulled out of it, and I took one look at that, and my heart sank, because I thought, you know, I know what that would mean in our culture. You go to the parts store, you can maybe get the parts the next day, but to put it together, you have to have a feeler gauge that's by the thousands, you know, being technical. And so I knew this is not something that's going to happen today or tomorrow or the next day. We're stuck. Yeah. And I thought, well, we're going to have to go back to Tibet and get into that hotel we were at before. And then all of a sudden, Sharon just pipes up. We're going to be in Kathmandu at the 4th of July. Because yep. she remembered that. The prophetic word. I had assurance. You had assurance, but I didn't. Yeah. Because <laughs> my natural mind was looking what was going on under that truck, you know, and I didn't have faith for that. Yes. It seemed like a failure in that moment. Yeah. It seemed like we had fallen short, that there's no way that this can happen. But we walked a little further on beyond where the truck was broken down. And we found that there were vehicles on the other side that were trying to get to the border. So we just swapped vehicles. Yeah. We got some some young people to carry our suitcases for us. We got into another kind of a bus and we made it back to Kathmandu by 9 p.m. 9 p.m. On that 4th night. 4th of July. 4th of July that night. Hallelujah. But wow. Phil, Philip, you were worried that we wouldn't even make our flight in a couple of days. Yeah, that was the big concern because yeah. you know, they it wasn't trekking season, which many people come to trek in the Himalayas. And, yeah. You know, Mount Everest, that's in Nepal. You know, eight of the I think it's eight of the 10 tallest mountains in the world are in Nepal. Yeah. So all these thoughts go through your head. Yes. You know, when, if we can't do this, then this won't happen, that won't happen, then fear sets in. Mm-hmm. And I really opened myself up for, well, you know, we miss this. We're stuck. <laughs> but, but these things happen. 
this is part of the battle that we're in in this fallen state of the world. But Jesus paid it all. He came to fulfill everything that was done. He came to fulfill the law and he came to give himself as a sacrifice so that we could be restored, so that we don't have to live under that feeling of being a failure, of where we're falling short all the time, or where we've been wounded, where we've been devastated by by life you know losing a loved one losing losing a child losing your own son your own daughter mm-hmm. losing a marriage or or being abused as a child or being abused uh, raped or something all of these horrible things that the devil just slimes you with because you've been so wounded you've been so broken you've there's there's things that need to be restored Jesus paid for this yes he paid for it all you have to do is welcome him into that place. Mm-hmm. You know, right after Romans 8.28 is Romans 8.29, where it talks about, we know that all things work together. That's verse 28. For good to them that, are, that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow. And mm-hmm. if you have a belly button, he foreknew you. <laughs> yes. And, and if you had a surgery to remove your belly button, you had one at one time. so he foreknew you and he also did predestinate you oh how do i know if i'm predestinated to go to heaven that's not what this is about this is about if he foreknew you he set it up for you to be conformed to the image of his son in jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 before i formed thee in the belly i knew thee and before thou camest forth out of the womb I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Exactly. And that's you, honey. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, listener, that is you. You were predestinated. You were foreknown by God. You were called according to his purpose. That word called means invited, welcomed, appointed. You were sent to the earth with an appointment with God to be completely conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren for whom he did predestinate them he also called. And whom he called, he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Yes. There it is. He glorified us. We fell short of the glory of God in our fallen nature. But he stepped up to fulfill everything so that we could be filled with his glory, that we could be just like him. We've been called. We've been ordained. We've been appointed. It wasn't just Jeremiah. It wasn't just the prophets. It's every single one of us that he foreknew. And we weren't, it's not about being predestinated to whether you go to heaven or hell. No, no, no. It's you're predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. How are you going to do that? You let him live inside of you and you live inside of him. Then it's him that gets seen. And and our job is just to humble ourselves and and let him be who he is in us. The Mm -hmm. fullness of the Godhead bodily, the fullness of the one who wants to redeem the earth and everything in it, especially you, healing all those things that were wounded, that were broken. I just want to close with 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23 and 24. This is Paul's prayer for the Thessalonians, and it's his prayer for you. It's his prayer for me. 
And, and this, this was life-changing for me when I discovered this. And the very God of peace, oh, that's the same God of peace that in Romans 16, 20 says, the God of peace shall bruise Satan shortly mm-hmm. under your feet. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The very God of peace sanctify you wholly. The word sanctify means to set apart. You're set apart. You're predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son. Going on, Paul says, and I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blameless. Do you understand Mm. that word blameless? Blameless. Without blame. Without blame. (laughs) There's nothing to accuse you of. It's been forgiven. It's been put under the blood of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hallelujah. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Cleanse us. Cleanse. But then verse verse 24 says, faithful is he that calls you who also will do it. Now, I just Mm -hmm. want to give you one more, even better picture of the excitement of this whole spirit, soul, and body. The word there for whole in this verse, for your whole spirit, soul, and body, is the word olokleros. And I'm going to read to you from the lexical aids to the New Testament that were written by Spiros Zodiades in the Hebrew-Greek Key Study Bible. The word olokleros is from the word olos, meaning all, the whole, and kleros, a part or share. So it means whole, having all its parts, sound, perfect, that which retains all that was allotted to it at the first. Remember, at that first moment when the peace of dad and the peace of mom came together and God flashed a light and formed you, that which retains all that was allotted to it at the first, wanting nothing for its completeness, bodily, mental, and moral entireness, It expresses the perfection of man before the fall. The olokleros is one who has preserved or who once having lost has now regained his completeness. Anybody lost it? (laughs) Anybody listening? Have you lost it ever, ever, ever? If you lost it, you have now regained your completeness. In the olokleros, no grace which ought to be in a Christian person is deficient. Hmm. Everything that you're supposed to have is there. That's the meaning of shalom. Mm -hmm. Shalom means nothing broken, nothing missing. Mm -hmm. Everything that's supposed to be there. He is the God of peace. Yeah. He's the God of shalom. Yes. And his purpose. And faithful is he who has called you who also will do it. Wow. That's for you. That's for me. Yes. Let's pray. (laughs) Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray for every listener that your vision, this revelation of the completeness that we have in you, that we're complete in you, that this vision will get into this listener and that this listener will no longer think of himself or herself as somehow falling short in spite of the accusations that are coming from the accuser of the brethren. Lord, we declare wholeness. We declare completeness. We declare entireness, morally, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, that everything that's been damaged, Lord, give give the grace to forgive to that listener. 
So as they forgive, because your word says very clearly that if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven. But we've been forgiven by you. That gives us the grace to get with you on the cross and say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Lord, give that listener the grace to let go and welcome the fullness of all you are, step by step, step by step, into his or her life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Now, before you put your head on the pillow tonight, begin to see that picture of yourself as whole in Christ, complete in him where there's nothing missing and nothing broken. And every time the accuser comes to you, don't see yourself as that accusation says, but see yourself the way the Bible says that you are. The word of God says that you're whole and complete in him. And every time you start hearing that stuff going on in your mind, start to laugh or start to pray in tongues or start to refute it with the word of God. And those accusations will stop because the devil hates to hear that kind of thing. So go and be victorious, because that's who you are. You are complete in him. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with His overwhelming, loving presence. <laughs>